Ladies and gentlemen, and our friends beyond the binary, it is time to put your ears together for Indie A.
I, I don't know, Kaylin. I feel like I tried everything to get him to talk about his synesthesia, but I just... He's just stopped. I don't know why. I'm fine, really. Caleb, I know when you're not fine. Will you just drop it? Seriously, it's okay. You spent two whole months at that internship, and you've barely told me anything about it. I don't think you're okay. Oh my god, Adam, it was just an internship. At the AM! If something happened, you know you can tell me. You can tell me anything. Hey, Adam, it's me, again. Uh, I know that you had the bait club tonight, so uh, just text me if you guys are going out afterwards. I know you usually do, but just... I miss you. Okay, bye. Got this. Aha! Yes! <laughs> my boyfriend is the pinball wizard! Oh my god, put me down, you meathead! The people need to know! You're an idiot. And I've never been this happy. Caleb? Yeah, okay, I get that it doesn't sound like a problem, but I'm not. I'm like not explaining it right. Yes, Alice, of, of course I want him to be happy. I just... I don't know if I believe it. You know that I love you, right? Of course. Of course I do. It's just... I want to be sure, because recently... You can feel it, right? Like... Like in your way, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. Good. That's good. Yeah. Hey, Caleb. Sorry I missed you. Uh, I totally forgot that we were supposed to FaceTime tonight. I had that guest lecture thing I was telling you about, and a bunch of people from my seminar wanted to go to the new gallery, and I just I lost track of time. But I'll call you tomorrow, or you can call me if you get this. It's not that late yet, so I'll be up. Okay. I love you. I just don't get why you didn't come over after. I wanted to get more time with the authors. What about more time with your boyfriend? Summer's almost over. And then it's junior year. College is almost over, Caleb. And I want to be ready for what's next. I've been at this crappy bookstore job the whole summer, and finally, there's a chance for me to get some actual FaceTime with real authors. Adam, my dad is a novelist. You have FaceTime with a real author every time you come over. I invited you to come, Caleb. You could have been there with me. You don't want your meathead of a boyfriend weighing you down. Oh, don't do that. Do what? Use something good between us to be down on yourself. I just miss you. I know. That's why I invited you to come. You never weigh me down, Caleb. I love you so much. I love you too. Okay then. That's, that's good. Caleb? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Are you sure? Of course. It's just... You feel... What? You can still feel how much I love you, right? I know you said you could, but it hasn't faded or anything. No, definitely not. I can feel it, like, really strongly. It's just not all I feel. What do you mean? Forget it. I'm sure it's just Alice downstairs messing with the balance. 
So, that's it then. Yeah, I guess. It's... It's the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I know you haven't been happy in a little while. Neither have you. Are you... What? Are you sure? What do you mean? You know that when I get depressed, it's not because... Oh, God, no, of course. It's it's not that at all, I, I promise. And, I, I mean... It hasn't been that way for a while, right? Yeah, it's been good, mostly. Finally got the meds right. For the time being, at least. That's good? Yeah. I want you to be happy. I... Yeah. Thanks. I want you to be happy, too. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh... We just grew apart, right? No one did anything wrong. Right. It just happens, I guess. People go to college, grow up, grow apart. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe someday we'll have it all figured out. And then... Then? I don't know. Anything could happen, right? Right. Then what would you suggest we do? I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the expert, but... Wow, not claiming you're the expert. What a revelation. Out. Everyone out! Yes, you're right. It is beauteous. I mean, I think a lot more people have started to get woke or whatever the term is. <laughs> that, that, you know, music cannot, does not only help tell the story, but can, you know, have an emotional stability and instability of its own that leads you on a, on a path as a listener. Um, and with regards to, to music, I mean, you are musical too, right? Mm -hmm. You've got yeah. music in your bones. Yes. And, so, uh, and there's obviously as well the musical episode, which was yeah. fantastic. I Thanks. mean, very dreamlike you know, there's all sorts of amazing happening in that. And um, so, yeah, I think I agree that more people should treat music as definitely part of the storytelling process. And um, I mean, just harking on that, um, the musical episode, would you do any more or was it crazy? <laughs> it was it was crazy. I mean, yeah, it was it was it's still I think is my favorite thing that I've ever sort of conceived and seen to mm. its, its yep. you know, completion um, because it was just a little nugget of an idea and yeah. then our amazing patreon supporters made it financially possible and then from a story perspective i actually found you know a way to do it mm -hmm. and writing those songs with evan was just like he is he is unbelievably talented like whatever you you might be able to glean about his talent from listening to his scoring work and listening to that episode like at, at like times that by a thousand like yep. he's just celebrating for sure yeah <laughs> yeah he just has this ability to pull pull a certain type of creativity out of me and elevate my work in a way that is like <sighs> that i'm just unbelievably grateful for and i think i think part of it is the fact that we've known each other for we went to college together we sang an acapella together in oh, college that's wow. how we know each other yeah okay that's and amazing. so we've known each other for you know like 10 years now or something mm. and and we just really we just really 
get each other. Like, he's just one of those people who just, like, I think will be a lifelong creative collaborator. Amazing. Even if we're not working together consistently, like, 40 years from now, we will be doing something, you know? Um, and Musical retrospective. So that was the thing. Sam, yes, exactly. Sam 85, right? Exactly. Uh. And, I mean, I when you ask if I would do it again, like, it is, it is an ambition of mine and Evan's Hooray. that we will write something together again. And we even, like... A couple of years ago, um, we spent a weekend in, in Big Bear, um, just north of LA. It's like this, you know, sort of like cabin and woods, woodsy, oh. snowy um, oh, area outside of LA that people go to. Yeah, it's okay. lovely. <laughs> and like he brought his guitar and, you know, I brought my notebook and we went up for a couple of days over the weekend and like oh. tried to basically conceive of what a two-person musical would would be um, because we were like, you know, what if we just, you know, did something and, you know, we created the sample for it and then maybe tried to get two, like, bigger actors into it and, and then, you know, like, sell it or something. Um, and we had, we, you know, we wrote, like, a couple songs and, and sort of came up with a, a broad um, scope of what the musical would be. And, and you know, for, for a variety of reasons, like, it just wasn't the right time to, to pursue it. And obviously, like, we're both incredibly busy and it was a really fun exercise and something that maybe we'll come back to. But I think that we're still looking for that thing that like is going to demand to be told by us, you know, like that perfect idea that lightning strike of like, this is exactly the musical that we want to write together. Um, And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that happening someday. We need another trip to Big Bear. Uh (laughs) I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. And I mean, you, you, again, you mentioned like the key key Mm -hmm. folks as well, Patreons who've helped fund the show and and you know we are all grateful i mean quirky voices has, uh, 16 patreons of who i'm all hugely grateful to to helping me support all the bits and bobs that come out um but that's been a real good drive hasn't it and i think you were definitely one of the earlier kind of adopters that were seemingly successful and how did you nurture that community as a creative what were you doing to help kind of fuel that fire behind i mean the, I, that's a that's such a great question and it is it is funny i I guess like I was sort of into Patreon in in fairly early days, like and you know so much so that like I used to go to the mm. the Patricons, which is the convention that Patreon would have, and I went to the very first one that was like <laughs> seventy people. Like it's just at at their office. Like it was it was you know it's just it's just funny how sort of how long ago that that was now and how much things have grown over the past couple of years for them. Yeah. But Brilliant. yeah, I mean I I have to say that I feel like I have not done a good job of nurturing the. The, 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 pa- the Patreon. And, and now we have a memberful, which is like owned by Patreon, but slightly different structure for atypical. And I'm actually doing a live stream mm-hmm. for them later today. And like, I think, I think this is like oh, sort of exciting. my own issues, right? Which is that like, I, I never feel like I'm doing enough. Like, I always feel like guilty over like, people are giving me their money. Like, I need to give them content all the time. And they need to have all this special stuff. And like, right. that is a pressure. I agree. And like, yeah. with the, the tip of pals, as, as, as I call them, um, with the pals now, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is that like, we're in a discord together, and we kind of hang out and I do these, these monthly live stream mm-hmm. Q and A's and they get to have access to scripts and blooper reels and some behind the scene things. But like, I, I think the thing I've experienced the most is that people just kind of want to like, hang out and they want to support your thing and like there were lots of things that I tried to do for Patreon like we had physical merch for a while that I would you know Mm -hmm. send out myself and all sorts of 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 like tiers and all sorts of different rewards and like it's just from from the creator side like it's honestly just like not 
sustainable. Like it's it's yeah, a whole it's too other much on job. Top of creating, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, did you have a team of folks to to work with you? No, no. I I did everything with the Patreon. I did entirely myself. And and mm-hmm. up until the AM archives, like the AM archives, you know, I had that's what that's what enabled me to sort of found a typical and actually hire people on to help me produce it and to help me deal mm-hmm. with scheduling and that we did do a traditional casting routes for that and and you know dealing with all that stuff and all the payments and, and everything um all this sag paperwork and and just craft services mm-hmm. and, and yeah. all of the sort of traditional stuff because it was a much bigger production yeah but for the first five seasons i was you know the the craft services to the executive producer and everything in between you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. All, just basically doing all you know all the budgeting all the finances all the payments all the merch fulfillment all the um, contracting and you had that knowledge where had that knowledge come from or was it something you learned off the hoof and researched (laughs) it's something i completely just like made up as i went along and and you know one of the benefits of sort of being an early adopter of patreon was that like they you know like we all were figuring it out and Mm -hmm. they had you know, going to the Patreons and stuff, they were like, okay, here are the things that we've seen that that tend to work across the board. Here's a, here's the learning that we're having. And they were so open about, you know, the, the things that they were learning from the inside of that ecosystem uh-huh. that then the creators could apply to their own Patreons. And that was something that was really helpful. And then all of the other stuff, like I, I was very fortunate in that, you know, like my dad was able to like give me the email of a of a lawyer he had he knew in LA yeah. and I went over to that guy and I was like what do I need to do to make sure that you know I'm yeah. doing everything right and and yep. so I, I I definitely had like a lot of legs up in a lot of ways okay. you know I, I I sort of you know started on second or third base I think in terms of of the resources that I had at my disposal when I started you know DIYing this podcast uh-huh. And not to mention, you know, I, I had a remote work from home job okay. um, and, yeah. you know, that really helped in terms of flexible hours and, and yes. all of that. But I, I think in terms of like nurturing community and and the, the Patreon of it all and the, the listener support of it all, I, I, I think I'm still learning how to recognize that I'm not forcing anybody to give me money, you know. <laughs> yes. And like you're not holding to gunpoint. We love your work. We want, right, we want exactly. More. We want you to gently make it when you can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like and if and if people aren't happy with the thing that I'm providing them on the Patreon or the memberful or whatever, like they can leave and there's no hard feelings. Like Absolutely. I don't expect anybody to to um, you know, give me money and 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 I don't think anybody who gives me money expects me to offer them more than what is written on the tin, you know, of like sure. you get these things. And more broadly, in terms of nurturing a community, because I think all of this stuff starts with, actually, in in sort of the Patreon learning culture, they talk about you're a thousand true fans, right? Of like, uh-huh. it doesn't matter if you have a million subscribers on YouTube, if a thousand of those people aren't dedicated enough to give you one buck, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like, but if you if you nurture a community that is not just sort of passive viewers of things. Or, or if you nurture a community where a very, very tiny portion of it is not just passively viewing, mm-hmm. then that's that's good. You're you're golden, and the more you're not just shouting, you know, the void. <laughs> right? Yeah. The more like you know, regular viewers you have, the more likely you're going to kind of like pick up one of those true true fans. Like that was the mm-hmm. term that they used at the time. Like I, I I don't think that you know giving money makes you a true fan of something versus versus not. And I, and I think, you know, Patreon wouldn't believe that either. Um, but it's just like a helpful way of, you know, of, of sort of codifying something. And so 
it, it all starts with, you know, creating a community of people yeah. who are going to support your work from just listening to it. A download is a download to telling your friends about it. Word of mouth is huge in podcasting to posting yeah. about it, to giving you money. Right. Yeah. And I did that through Tumblr and Reddit. <laughs> That's the, the, the short yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. And they're still utilized a lot, aren't they? I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. think where, where people find things is fascinating as well. And I know, obviously, when you first started distribution wise, there were a lot less places that your podcast could go, right? It was mm-hmm. pretty much yeah. Apple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, maybe Spotify had website no podcast. Yeah. 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 Spotify had no podcast por- a portion yeah. of their app. Uh, when I yeah. yeah when I first started yeah yeah and uh, obviously things have have changed so much and I think you became mm-hmm. part of Luminary for AM archives yes yeah, and for yeah two years and uh, and yes yeah, so that progression there I mean did that give you anything else did you enjoy kind of these progressions if you like in the the podcasting distribution stakes yeah I mean I think you know it's something that I am consistently trying to navigate and mm. often frustrated by. Right. Um, you know, there's there's been a, a huge gold rush in podcasting and in fiction podcasting, especially and compared to where it was six years ago when I started. And, you know, I think a lot of people, once once our contract was up with Luminary and, and we started releasing the AM archives and the college tapes widely, mm. I think a lot of people sort of expected me to come out and like finally be honest about how working with a company that put things behind a paywall was terrible. And it's like... Okay. Actually, no, out of all of the podcasts that I've produced, like Luminary is up there in terms of partnerships, like yeah. in terms of like good, positive partnerships, because hey, like they're a lovely group of people that are passionate about podcasts and were wonderful mm-hmm. to work with. Mm-hmm. And B, they basically, you know, said, hey, we love your show. We know that you know what you're doing. We're going to step back and let you do it. <laughs> you know, they didn't try to That's micromanage. They yeah. they yeah. never saw a script before releasing the thing. Like, mm. wow. I would, you know, send them an outline of like, here's what I'm thinking for the show this season. Yeah. And they were like, great. Yeah, that looks good. Um, and then, good like, thing. when do you want to release it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and mm. in terms of budget, mm-hmm. like, still the best the best budget right. for an original that I've ever gotten. That's great. Far and away. Yeah. So, and so yeah. I have absolutely no regrets about putting stuff behind a paywall. And like, I would do that again. Mm. Like I, and like, you know, in order for something to be put on a, behind a paywall now in 2021, a company offering me that would have to, to match or exceed what Luminary had offered me. Right. Which, you know, I have yet to find. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think to me, like my, my, priority as a fiction podcast creator or just like you know an audio fiction writer right and producer Mm -hmm. my priority is that everybody involved with creating an audio drama be paid well and get to make the thing that they want to make and I have absolutely no purity around the idea of what a podcast is right um because Mm -hmm. I mean in my opinion podcast is a (laughs) stupid word to begin with (laughs) And was it literally a thing that like came out of a an article of the Guardian making fun of the very concept? Like it's not a word that like we as an industry chose. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. Like plenty of podcasts now like 
are like, especially with, you know, the, the big players shifting and changing and Spotify buying megaphone and all of this I stuff. Know. Like also, what happening? is even an RSS feed anymore? Okay. Like are these, mm. you know, this is it. Like it's just a mode of publishing something. Like it's like saying like, Oh, you know, Netflix isn't a TV show because the file is different <laughs> than to put it on Netflix than it would be to put it on like cable television. Uh-huh. It's like, that doesn't, it's a TV show, like structurally and storytelling wise, it's a TV show. Yeah. I don't know. These people want to argue. Well, they'll just argue about those things forever, won't they? But very <laughs> uh-huh. <Pretty> much. <laughs> well, no, that's really fascinating and good to hear. And and I think what I guess folks would love to know is like, if you were starting now, like the same show, is there anything <laughs> that you would do different? And if so, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there are certainly things that I could write better. You know, as a writer, you always look back on your stuff and you're like, I could have done that better because you know what you know now and you didn't know then. I would organize things better. I would, uh, you know, structure things better. I would certainly make the sound quality of the first couple of, se- of episodes and then the first season and a half before Misha came in much better. But in terms of like going about it, the scrappy DIY route, I think if you had asked me two years ago... You know, if someone had come to come to me about the bright sessions, et cetera, right, we're going to give you a budget for this. Would you like to, to partner and we'll release it on this platform or whatever? I think two years ago, I would have said like, God, that would have been the dream just not to have to do everything myself and to have a little bit of money to so I could pay the actors from the beginning and all that kind of stuff. And mm. obviously having yeah. money to pay actors is like always a priority of mine. Yes. But I, I think now actually... I would say, no, I would want to go about it the way that I went about it, which mm-hmm. is sort of doing it all myself because mm-hmm. A, it was like an incredible learning experience. And I know about every aspect of making a fiction podcast now, obviously my expertise on things, you know, it's like, I still, my expertise on sound design and sound in general kind of like hit a ceiling five years ago and has not broken through <laughs> oh, that ceiling yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, but it's, I, I, I don't need that to be my expertise, right? I need to know okay. enough so that I can, I can talk to sound designers and yeah. collaborate with them and give them notes that are helpful to them yes. and ask questions that make sense and ask them in a way that makes sense. But I don't need to be able to do literally every piece of it. But I think having, just having had wear, worn those hats and having all of that insight is really helpful. And I think now I'm at a point where... I've really established myself as a as an audio fiction creator in the US mm-hmm. and I am still constantly <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I'm still constantly asking large companies to give what I think are fair budgets. Yeah. And I'm increasingly tired of that fight okay. and increasingly looking toward things like crowdfunding and self-funding again. Really and I think that mm-hmm. my the next original that I've got an original coming out in 2022 that'll be my first like purely original show since the bright sessions fantastic yeah and that's a partnership um with uh i actually don't know if i can say yet but but you know i it's something that like a large company approached me we wanted to do an original and so i've been partnering with them on that um but i think you know beyond that like probably my next original that i'm going to start diving into and writing will probably be self-funded um or crowdfunded because it's just there are a lot of projects that I've spent years in development on with various yeah. companies that just haven't moved forward because either things are just incredibly slow when you get into a certain corporate level yeah. 
Or we've been fighting about budgets forever. <laughs> oh, and it's so like, frustrated on your behalf. You know, I, It'd be so like, wonderful to see you just you say someone say yes and just yeah. make it and do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's what's particularly frustrating is that oftentimes these conversations that I'm having and, and like, you know, I, I won't say who any of these people are, are sure. with because they're people that like you're probably not going to see an announcement being like, Lauren, Chip and teams up with this person because I haven't done anything with these people for, right. for exactly this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I say people, I mean like companies. And I think what's particularly frustrating is that like it's a lot of situations where, you know, people are coming in and saying like, oh, well, things should cost this much. And I was like, no, you've not done this before. I've done this. Now a dozen times. Like, I actually know what these budgets should be. I don't care that there's not a union for this yet. Like, this is this is industry standard. Great. You're setting a bar then, aren't you, really? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I was going to say, like, frankly, like, industry standards, I usually add 20% to when I'm giving a budget to someone else because Mm. if I'm not paying for it, I'm going to demand more more money from my sound designer and I'm going to demand more money from my actors. And and, and even actually, like... Even when I'm doing my own budgets, like I don't follow SAG scale for actors because frankly, it's not enough, you know? Um, And Mm. yeah, I I think I I think that I feel a a great sense of responsibility over having these conversations because I know that I am very fortunate to be one of, you know, a 10 to 30 people that are having these consistent conversations with these large companies. Mm. And I don't know what everybody else is doing. And so I want to make sure that I'm at least saying like, actually, no, like, you need to pay a composer this much money or you need to pay a sound designer this much money or a line producer actually would, is this much because they're doing these things that yeah. you're not thinking about podcasts needing because you haven't done a podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, kudos to you for sticking up for and getting fighting for those rightful pay and for all creatives involved, right? I think that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I wish you luck. I hope the next folks <laughs> you, you speak to go, you know, it's greenlit all the way, right? We yeah. Can, if everybody just think that now who's listening, hopefully some of that positivity will will make its way to, to, to Lauren and who knows what could happen in the next half hour. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just as a final question then, if I may, yeah. um, to those folks who have got something they feel burning a hole in their pocket that they know is a good story, they want to tell it in audio drama form what what advice have you got for those folks other than just do it (laughs) yeah I mean my advice is always going to be just do it and I understand that that's not possible for everybody right like like I said like I started with an enormous amount of resources at my disposal that a lot of people don't have you know like Uh I I had the ability to buy equipment and software or or Uh actually for the first season borrow equipment from a friend Uh you know I had the ability to have a flexible working schedule that I could build a podcast around. You know, I I had a lot of these things. So I understand that that's not possible for everybody. But I would say, like, just do it. Take as long as you want to do it. Like, I I think don't worry about rushing to publish. People are going to be excited to hear your story when they hear it regardless. I think that there's, I you know, I, I and I've certainly felt this, and I, I, I think I've seen this reflected in audio drama groups online over the past couple of years, which is this feeling of, I have to capitalize on this trend right now or I'm going to lose my chance. Okay. And no, like a great story is a great story. People are going to find it. People are going to love it. And it doesn't matter when it comes out. Yeah, I'm like, I think, mm. podcasts are not going to disappear, right? Like, you're not going to all of a sudden, like, okay. it's going to be 2023 and all of a sudden you can't publish something on Spotify. Like, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, there'll be visual Spotify before we know it. Yeah, then... exactly. I mean, I that's not so far off. Apple TV has a show that is that, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would say, 
do your own thing, meet other people either virtually or, or in person, you know, when it's safe at conventions and stuff, yes. meet, meet other people in your field and, and collaborate, you know, trade, trade skills, yeah. trade services. And then if you do have the opportunity to work with a company or somebody approaches you or you get connected to somebody who's maybe interested in funding your work, first of all, awesome. That's amazing. Like that's a, such a hard thing to do. Second of all, get a lawyer immediately. That's like not a joke. That's not a like a maybe if you can, like, no, do it. Like, do not go into contract negotiations without somebody who knows how to do that. Whether it's like a friend who's like doing a favor for you who is a lawyer. Like, it doesn't matter, but just get a lawyer and never, ever sell your IP. Right. Yeah. You can do co-ownership of IP, but never give it up. Ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Derivative rights are like hugely important. Keep an eye out for that. And yeah, just get a lawyer. Well, I think the key as well, all through the conversation has been your fantastic collaborations and the inspiration mm-hmm. you've got by working with these obviously fantastically talented folks as well, right? So, and I love that. And I, I think the the joy that shines out of your shows, you know, all of them, even though there's dire straits in some of them, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think, you know, there's always an uplifting element to them and uh, whether that be in, you know, relationships or scenarios. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Honestly, there's, we Thank may be you. silent sometimes but there's a lot of people who bloody love your work so uh, (laughs) enjoy yourself and yeah keep keep going I think um you know you've inspired as I say said at the top of the show uh, a lot of people to make their own right in the last five six years um and so yeah I think onwards and upwards and try and keep making what you want how you want too (laughs) thank you and and same to you I mean you you have been such a wonderful encouraging voice in audio drama for so many years and I'm just so so grateful (laughs) well I'm having fun right and if it means talking to folks like you it's even more amazing and uh, (laughs) yeah as I say I think there's a wonderful landscape a really fantastic vibrant community uh, and who in the most part just want to tell their story right and Mm -hmm. and I think we working together to to get more of them out there so if that's you right now making it go for it. I hope you write those 10 pages today or you edit those two and a half minutes that takes you six hours, whatever you're doing. <laughs> so real. <laughs> go for it and enjoy. And uh, massive thank yous, Lauren, for coming on. I um, appreciate it very much, as I'm sure do the listeners. So yeah, give give Lauren a shouting cheers, round of applause, folks, wherever you might be, even if it's in a public place, just scream and shout. <laughs> uh, and thank you, Lauren. I, I hope uh, your creative endeavours know no bounds. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. It was so great to chat. Super. Well, have fun take care bye-bye thanks you too bye <laughs> hooray you absolutely oh my another episode has skipped by thank you to lauren shippen for just that wondrous fantastic advice for you all to just take on board and thrust into your brilliant projects thank you to mj for all your brilliant top five recommendations in these last two apps and oh please do ping me yours to the anchor message app or to quirkyvoices at gmail.com no more than five minutes if possible or ping me anything you'd like to have included in future episodes Please do subscribe, rate and review and do not miss any of the future episodes full of advice, thoughts, mistakes and fun adventures in indie audio fiction. Please do tell all your fave creatives when and how you enjoyed their indie AF. We're back next week with more you lucky things. Woohoo! Stay groovy now. Bye! When I was in grade school, I told the other kids I was an alien. Between awake and asleep, lurks the hypnagogic mind. Oh, oh, oh.
A point has zero dimensions. The there, the nowhere. But a line has one dimension. The no win and... What's in there that you don't have here? A square has two dimensions. The never was. The real me, Max. She constructed her very own liminal space. She's in there. A cube has three dimensions. She created a space that wanted to be known. What if... Chloe... What if everybody with sleep paralysis... Chloe... What if they really were connecting with another world? Chloe... It wasn't you, Chloe. It was... It wasn't you. I said no! Chloe... Do you understand? Created and discovered. A tesseract has four dimensions. It was hers to know and hers alone. The Transposition of Chloe Bronte. Are you ready? Enter the interstitial passageway at chloebronte.com.